What's up, family? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode three. Can you believe it? To reveal the heal the podcast with real conversations bring about healing. And today, you guys are in for a very special treat. We have my good friend, Miss Yami, who is going to be on the podcast. She is an influencer. Her story is reaching thousands and even millions around the world. She had a video, a couple videos on TikTok to go viral um, by her telling her story. We want to talk about the real tough stuff because I believe real conversations bring about healing. And she's going to speak to us in the area of overcoming pornography as well as overcoming sexual temptation as well as using social media uh, for the greater good instead of using it uh, for evil so family sit back and enjoy this great conversation with my good friend miss yami i'm out people how me and you met i think we're gonna start there let's tell them how me and you met okay so we actually met at Transformation Church Conference. If y'all don't know Pastor Michael Todd, like, oh, yeah. I don't know, y'all living under a rock. But um, we actually met, I think, at the, was it at the hotel, right? Yeah. I think the, it was, yeah. we were waiting. So we were waiting to, like, get checked in. There was, like, so many people coming to the conference. And then we ended up connecting um, that day. And then I just kept seeing... Um, him and his friends and it was just so cool we all ended up like becoming a family that day like um, and we ended up hanging out the whole weekend together and it was just the coolest mix of people because we were all so different like we all came from different backgrounds um, different upbringings like different uh, areas in our life and places in our life but we just connected off of the same like truth of wanting to be there to grow to heal to hear from God and it was just such a powerful weekend and then ended up staying connected afterwards and just it's been so cool to watch like each other's journeys but yeah it all started in the lobby of I think it was like the holiday, holiday Inn. yeah yeah holiday yeah shout out to all the transformers that's in that group three uh group text messages I love all of you and that was a special time of us just coming together all of us from all around the world never really met each other until uh that day and we watched God do some amazing things and the funny thing is uh all the listeners who was listening to this y'all know i'm crazy ain't got no sense so i started telling them my name was charles it wasn't corbin but it was charles so <laughs> everybody in the group chat called me charles man that's my family and um just through that uh experience that transformation conference it just carried on a, an amazing relationship uh shout out to the transformation family once again i love you guys so today yami um can you just kind of kick us off with telling us uh, who are you um, and kind of walk us from little Yami all the way up to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I am originally from Cuba. So I was born in Cuba and um, we left when I was six years old um, to obviously come to America. Everybody's dream when you leave as an immigrant um, is to be able to live the American dream of like being able to honestly just have security, stability, not wonder like where things are gonna come from or just having a more safe environment. Um, and so um, my mom actually and my dad separated when I was two. And so ever since I was a little girl, I was always going back and forth um, between my grandparents' house, my mom's house. And it was just constantly like no stability. Like it was always a lot of uh, changes all the time. And so when we got here, uh, to America. My mom was in a, a very abusive marriage um, and it was something that 
now looking back, hindsight is really 2020 because I see that that was just a pattern in my family of like my grandparents being in an abusive marriage. And so I was very generational. And so um, my mom kind of got caught up in that and she started to, um, she just wouldn't leave. She was okay with, you know, the abuse and the things. And it just got to a point where um, the abuse not only was impacting her, but it was impacting me and my little sister. Like there was alcohol in the home. There's a lot of, um, just a lot of neglect and a lot of feeling, uh, I would say rejected, passed over um, by seeing kind of my mom choose a man over her own daughters. And I know that wasn't her intention. That was just a pattern that she saw growing up. Mm. Um, and so basically by the time I was like eight years old, I was already had been introduced to pornography. Um, and I was actually experiencing uh, sexual abuse and mm. It was something that was really hard because honestly, I didn't know any different. Like as a child, you don't really know, like that's not normal. And you don't really know like, oh, like not everybody's families is like this. Like you think that that's just how it is. You don't know any different. And so um, I remember there was like a few times that I, I just would feel like it was time to tell my mom what was going on but I was honestly just scared for like our life mm -hmm. um I saw a lot of things that like were very scary so I just was like well if I tell my mom and then something happens to her you know I kind of immediately went into this like protective mode which is crazy for mm -hmm. being so young um and so I um actually I was around 12 years old and we had moved literally like I don't know we had moved so many times and we were constantly moving because of finances not having the money to live in certain places seeing cars repoed mm -hmm. like was normal all of those things and so um I remember like honestly that I'll never forget this night there was just this night where I kind of got fed up like I got fed up and I I had this moment of like well, honestly, I'd rather like die than keep living wow. the way that I'm living. Like I'd rather not be here in this earth than live in constant fear of mm. standing up to someone that, you know what, like if I don't stand up, I'm going to live like this the rest of my life. And um, I, I stood up to my stepdad. I told my mom and thank God my mom believed me. And uh, we got out of that situation uh, very quickly, like the next day, my mom found an apartment and that's when it, things really got hard. You know, my mom became a single mom, immigrant to this country, working Walmart night shift. Mm -hmm. And she was sleeping on an air mattress. We were living on food stamps, government assistance, um, standing in food lines, wearing hand-me-downs. It was just a struggle. And honestly, in that time, like I was in middle school. So, you know, middle school is like that year, those years where you care a lot about what people think. And I couldn't have people over because I we didn't have like a living room. We didn't. We, it was like a legit room, <laughs> and wow. she and it was that was our life. And um, but honestly, I was I was so happy because I was so happy that I, I was out of that situation. And I, we could have been living under a bridge. I was just happy that I didn't have to deal with that constant fear mm. of like I don't know what's gonna happen today. I don't know if he's gonna get home and there's gonna be things being thrown or, or fights or whatever. And um, by the time I got to high school, I had basically had no identity. I had no sense of self. I had heard my whole entire life that like my worth came from being married or having children or, you know, just 
seeing myself as something that just, I was, I didn't see myself as like a woman of God or any, I didn't have identity. I just wanted to so badly know who I was. And so I just was that girl that like everybody would look at and think like, oh yeah, she has it all together. Like she's dating the the football, you know, the, the football boyfriend and she has the all A's and she is uh, working three jobs. So she has, you know, money and all of these things. And like, everybody looked at my life and they, they were like, oh yeah, she just has it all together. But on the inside, I, I wanted to like commit suicide. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, I just was like a shell of a person. Mm. Um, I just didn't, I didn't know who I was. And no matter what I did to figure, figure that out, it always was empty. And so actually, um, I was, I joined dance, uh, dance line on my school and this girl invited me to youth group and I, I went but I was very skeptical I was like this is not for me like Jesus don't know me like yeah. you know like to know that I'm like not really about this life you know and so I would just go in and out but like you know, I truly believe that you never know the seeds that you plant. Mm. Um, you never know when they're going to reap a harvest. And so those seeds were still being planted, whether or not, you know, my pastor thought things were changing for me or not. They, I wasn't that consistent person. I wasn't that person that was like in the front row. Like I was the person that was like sitting in the back, not really, like it really didn't look like much was impacting me, but it was. Wow. And, um, yeah. And and shout out to the youth, you know, leaders, because you're making an impact in those kids, whether or not you realize it. And mm -hmm. listening to those messages, like, I would listen to my pastor, and he would just, like, stay afterwards with me. I would have a lot of questions. I would just be like, you know, but, like, why is this, why did this happen to me? Like, why, mm -hmm. why is this going on, you know? And he would just be so gracious and loving, and he showed me Jesus through love. It wasn't like, you need to be this person, you need to change, you need to stop dressing the way you're dressing, you need to stop, you know, doing the things that you're doing. No, it was, I felt accepted before I ever changed. And, um, you know, I would go in and out, but that led me into, um, I ended up going to this Christian conference through my job, through work. And I, I showed up there and that was the moment where all of those messages had finally like really hit my heart. Mm -hmm. I left that relationship that I, I was in a relationship that was um, just emotionally like not really healthy. And mm -hmm. I was just in a place where I was open to hear about God and what, what that meant. And ever since that day, like it changed my life. I started to open up my heart to the word of God, open up my heart to realizing like, what if everything that I went through does have a purpose? And what if God does want to use me? And what if I am more than just, you know, what I've been through? And like, that gives me hope that I could show up and I could believe for more. And so, yeah, my life like started to, I started to surround myself with different people. I started to, it was something internally in me that shifted once I gave my life to Christ that I realized that I don't have to, be a product of my environment. I don't have to be a product of the things that I've been through. And I sure as heck don't have to live in anger and, and fear the rest mm. of my life. And so that was pretty much the start to my, my journey of where I am now. Um, and pretty much I moved to North Carolina. I left uh, Florida. I started my own kind of, I started my own journey with the Lord. I, I just started to seek him and grow, go to counseling, mm -hmm. um, surround myself with other people and just 
started the growing process and now I get to use that as a way to reach others. I mean, my platforms now I get to talk to other young women and a lot of men who um, either were in my stepdad's shoes, which is crazy. Mm. I never thought I would be speaking to people like that. Um, or who are just young men who've been hurt and are kind of walking in that wounding and hurting a lot of women right now and helping them through it. And a lot of young women who've been through what I've been through. So, well, so this is, this is the main reason why I wanted to bring you on because you are such a powerhouse and you have an amazing story of God truly transforming a person's life and healing a person. Um, by you taking steps, you know what I'm saying, toward him. And even times when you didn't want to take steps toward him, he still brought people to you. Um, so there's a, a lot of things from your story um, that I would love to pull out um, of you. Because right now, as we look at this generation right now, kind of like the average age of a person kind of looking at pornography is around the age of six or eight years old. So it's kind of like right here in our face. And these are kind of topics that people uh, within the body of Christ or the church like try to shy away from because Christian parents like, hey, I raised my child the right way. My son would never, my daughter would never. But as statistics are true, which I believe that they are, it's right there in their face. Um, so just uh, like if you could kind of talk a little bit more about the uh, pornography stage or yeah, just, just the pornography stage, because I feel like there are students as well as parents who are listening to this, uh, students are either exposed to it or parents don't even know how to have a conversation with their child about it. Yeah, so I think it's ignorant to think that um, your child has not been exposed or will not be exposed when um, we live in a generation where literally you can go on any social media platform and if you're even on there for five minutes you're gonna see some sort of bikini pictures some mm. sort of video some sort of something and when you're that age that is like pornography i mean it could start with something super like innocent of like a bikini picture and then that leads to that curiosity of like wait what like what is this you know or you know you just never know so I think that the first thing is just acknowledging that there is a problem mm. that this is something that we do that we are going to face and it probably won't get easier it probably will get harder because I mean think of all the new social media platforms. I mean just TikTok alone. I mean, I am on TikTok. I'm very, I'm on there a lot and I help a lot of young kids on there, but like, I can't scroll through it there with, for like five or six minutes without at least being exposed to something that I'm like, I don't, whoa, like that's a lot, like mm. that's a lot, you know? So, yeah. um, I think it's important to number one, be honest with ourselves and say like, am I really helping my child or helping and if you're that person, like, am I really helping myself by pretending like there's not a problem and there's, there's not something going on. And then the second thing that I would say is one of the biggest things that I learned in this journey is that when it comes to pornography and when it comes to like sexual, like anything that has to do with sex, like people just start to get very like shamed, shameful mm. and very like, oh, well, you know, that's just not something that we need to talk about. Like, and it's, it's crazy to me because that's one of the main areas that the enemy will 
have a hold on young men and women and come and rob them of their innocence. And one of the most powerful places that we could live with God is an intimacy with him mm. and knowing him at a deeper level. Well, what more would the enemy love than if we're not able to be in true intimacy with our heavenly father? And how can he come and attack that area? Well, by perverting our mindset and by making us think that the boundaries that God has set are something that are just dumb or not able, we're not able to follow. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, are we really going to do that? Are we really going to go down that route of purity? Yes, because it's so important and it's one of the hardest things and one of the hardest journeys I feel like for young adults. And so, um, like I said, I was introduced at six years old. Um, I didn't really like, I always say this on podcast because there's different levels to like addiction and struggle. Okay. There's people who like really like you are, it's something that's a daily thing that you're really battling. There's some people that it's kind of like, this is, I feel like the most dangerous places where I was, where it's not something that seems like it's a problem because, wow. oh, it's just every few months I go back to this thing. Like, it's not really like I do it all the time. Mm. It's not something that I'm, you know, struggling with daily. So like, it must not be a problem, you know? And that's kind of how I saw it. I was like, that's not really like an issue. Like, I mean, everybody, you know, has needs or whatever. And it's just every few months, it's not something that I'm doing all the time. Mm. And so for me, I didn't really see it was a, a problem until I gave my life to Christ. And you know that when you give your life to Christ, he starts to show you those things in yes, your heart and, yeah. and he starts to reveal to you like, Hey, by the way, this is, this is not making you the person or the woman of God that I created you to be. And you start to go, that's where that flesh comes in and you're like, Oh Jesus, like it doesn't take that much. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like you fight it. You you're like, I don't know about that. Like, and so for me, it was a journey and I gave my life to Christ and it took me about two years to truly overcome that. And it was, it wasn't until number one, I realized that I actually wanted to change wow. and I wanted to stop going back to it because at that point in my life, it was something that was like not a really big deal. And so once I started to educate myself on what the porn industry, I mean, if you're not familiar, the pornography industry is, is one of the biggest industries to child um, sexual trafficking. Mm. And um, a lot of the women and men that are in these like videos and all of those things a lot of the women specifically are drugged um, to do these things wow. and they're out of their will. Like they, this isn't things that they want to be doing. And some of them are victims of sex trafficking. And so their bodies are just being used uh, for, it's just, it's just sick. Like when you start to look at what the industry actually is made of and what all of it stands for, you start to, um, I truly believe this, like when we ask God to break our hearts for the things that break his heart, he will start to show you how the sins that you're committing and the things that you're doing, what they truly, like what the impact truly is. And wow. so, um, he started to show me that and I started to study it and I started to be like, whoa, like this isn't even just about like, I'm being selfish. I'm, I'm feeding into something that I'm not okay with. I wouldn't want my son or daughter to be a part of something like that. And so, um, I think the biggest thing that you have to realize is that it is a problem that it's not okay. And I don't care if you just watch it once a year, I don't care. Like it's still a problem because it's still something that you're craving 
and you're not, you're not putting your desires in God. You're putting your desires in this world and you're going to find another way. You're always going to find a way to try to fulfill that. And then the biggest thing that the enemy tries to use when it comes to pornography is there's just so much shame. Like, I just don't understand why there's just so much shame around it. And so the biggest struggle that I hear from people when they come to me is they're like, oh, I've just never told anybody that I struggled with this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, like why? Oh, because I feel like they're going to judge me. I'm like, do you know how many people struggle with, with sexual sins? Like it might not be pornography, but it could be something else. And the moment that we take out that, like, I'm the only one kind of thing, like you, you start to heal because you realize like, wait a second. So like, you're telling me that I'm not the only person that, that has been exposed to this at a young age. Wait a second. You're not, I'm not the only one that struggles with this and wants to change oh okay so now we become accountable wow. and become open to saying like well this is a problem there's no reason for me to be ashamed about it just like any area in my life that i want to get healthy and i've got to be honest like what you talk about you know revealing those things and then i got to be held accountable because if i i, I consider it like pornography like a chain and every single time you watch it, it becomes kind of stronger and stronger mm. and stronger. And I don't, I know that the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to break every chain, but I also believe that there's like residue left yeah. of like all of the things, like the images are still going to be in your mind. There's consequences. And so that accountability is so powerful because you have someone who you can talk to and they're like, dude, me too. Like, mm. I get it. I've been there, but let me tell you something like, it's going to get easier. We're going to overcome this. And let me tell you why we're in, why this is powerful, because don't you want true intimacy with God? Don't you want to be able to see women in a different way again? Like, you know, when you watch pornography, you start to see women and men as just like, I don't know, it's a perverted perspective of people and also yourself. You wow. see yourself as that. So I'm just very honest about it. And I think that that's what helps most people is that they're sick and tired of people coming to them with like a bulletin of like, these are all the things that you need to change and they've never walked through it. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, you don't understand, like, this is really hard. And so that's why I tell them, I'm like, I was a Christian for two years and I still struggled with it. No, like what, why, why is there shame in that? So yeah, those would be the main things. And, And the last thing that I'll say about like, when it comes to pornography is that I don't, I, I hate the belief of like, you know, oh, I'm praying for a breakthrough. Like God, you know, heal me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, wait a second. Like any area of your life requires a process. Come on. Like you don't just go to the gym one day and go, okay, God, you know, give me, you know, perfect body. This just doesn't happen. You have to go through the, and if God gave it to you, you would probably go back to the same bad habits because you never went through the process of uprooting those issues. Like, Mm. why do you go back to pornography? Mm. Maybe because there's a root of rejection. Maybe there's abandonment issues. Maybe you're feeling lonely. If you never go through that process, you end up always going back. It could not, it'll be alcohol next time. It'll Mm. be a relationship next time. But I truly believe that when God takes you through that process, he shows you the things that are leading you, those Mm. triggers, and then you're able to truly heal. Wow. And so we we want that like I overcame it tomorrow, but what we don't realize is that that's not realistic. Yeah. And like those are the stories that we hear at church. Mm. 
oh, God came through. I had a breakthrough. What about the person that struggled for two and a half years mm. and wanted to change, but would have those moments that they would fall back? Are they not worthy of their story being shared? Is, mm. is that not a, a, a miracle either? Wow. You know, so I think that it's important to realize that most of the time it's going to come through a process and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be it's going to take a lot of healing and you didn't get to that place of struggling with something for so long mm -hmm. overnight. Yeah. So why are you expecting it to just be gone overnight? You know? Yeah. So I think you said, I think you had said so much and that I hope people catch the first thing that you begin to say, how you kind of overcame it was your first just started with your relationship with Jesus. Cause ultimately that's where the foundation of all of this starts because he is the one who shows you, you, you right and so the second thing that you begin to say you begin to say hey like i had to uh get more knowledge behind um what i'm looking at and so that exposed you to a whole nother world that this is not just looking at two people on the screen let's look at how these two people was brought onto the screen and um through that process you said accountability too because i think that's key because a lot of people uh say hey god i want to be free from it but they don't have people around them to help kind of hold them accountable to it and then too like th this is the main thing i really want to uh kind of continue with you to speak on it because dang it i feel power when you talk from that like it's beautiful to hear a person because i'm reminded of the scripture where they say people overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony so by you telling this this is not something that you have read in a book this is not something that you have looked at on the screen this is your life like, this is what God has brought you out of. Um, and so, like, that person who is listening right now or even watching this, um, who is zeroed in on the conversation and they're stuck to the screen right now with headphones in, they're stuck with their AirPods in, and they are saying, hey, I'm struggling with shame and guilt. How do I overcome that? What would you say to that person? Wow, like, I, I get you. Like, I understand completely. Um, I'll never forget the first time I told someone that I struggled with pornography. I couldn't even look at them in the eyes. Mm. Um, I was like shaking. I was literally shaking. I was so scared. Um, I was used to people walking out of my life. And mm. I was scared that if I truly showed someone what I was struggling with, that they would be like, yep, you're, I'm just, I'm not willing to stick it out with you. And that was my biggest fear. It wasn't even the thing that I was battling with. It was being rejected. Mm. And sometimes that, that is also a trigger to pornography and to any addiction. Um, there's this root of feeling rejected. And so one of the reasons why most people don't get help is because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to wait, say that again. Wait, you got the way you say that again, say that again. <laughs> Yeah, one of the reasons why most people don't want to get help is because they feel like they're going to feel, be rejected. They feel like somebody's going to say, you know what, you're too broken for me to be your friend. You're too whatever, you know, whatever you're telling yourself. I knew you weren't good enough. I knew you were a fraud. I knew you were whatever. And you're already feeling that way. You're already feeling that way when you're walking through that because you're saying, well, I'm a Christian, but why do I keep going back to pornography? I'm a Christian. Why do I keep going back to drinking? I'm a Christian. Why do I keep going to, back to whatever? Or even if you're not a Christian, why do I keep going back to this? Why can't I overcome it? And so you already feel unworthy and you already feel like you have no control over your life. And I know how hard it is to want to overcome an addiction and feel like no one will ever understand. And it still brings me to tears because 
I hate when people are so ignorant and they say to people, well, like, if you wanted to change, you would change. Really? I never thought of that. <laughs> like, yeah. don't, don't you think that, like, don't you think that that person feels the weight of their pain too? Don't yeah. you think that that person, the last thing that they need you to say is, well, if you really wanted to change, wouldn't you have changed? Well, if I really wanted to change, I would be doing what I'm doing right now, which is opening up my pain and my wounds and saying, this is what I'm really going through. And it's so embarrassing and it's so scary for me to put myself out there like this, but I just hope that you won't leave wow. and I hope that you won't walk away. And I hope that you'll love me through this mm. because that's what you need in those moments. Mm. You don't need someone else to tell you another plan of how to overcome it. You don't need someone else to be like, Oh, you know, you're going to make it through it. I know I, I, that's my hope. But can you just love me through this right now? Can you tell me that I'm good enough right now? Can you hold my hand in this space and say, hey, you know what? Like, do you know how God sees you? Wow. Never once had I had anybody in my life tell me how God saw me. Mm. Never once had I had someone in my life tell me that my worth and my, my worth didn't come from my body and the things that I have been through. And I truly believe that people are craving to be seen. And one of the, the things that is so sick and so cynical of the enemy is that pornography and sexual sin is one of the ways to keep you hidden mm. when all you truly desire is intimacy wow. and all you truly desire is to be seen, but you're never going to be seen if you're not allowing everybody to see all of you, wow. all of you. And um, one of my favorite words, you know, intimacy into me, you see, wow. into me, you see. And one of the ways that God um, started to heal that for me was I allowed God to really see me. Hmm. And it sounds crazy because you're like, well, God already sees you. God knows you. But like, there's a difference between you feeling like God sees you and you uh, acknowledging and going to God and saying, God, I'm really struggling in this area. And like, this is the way that I see myself. Can you show me how you see me? Can you show me what you say about me? Can you surround me with people? who who can show me those areas of me and show me that I'm not going to stay here. And so I would say to you that there's no reason for you to feel shame. And mm. the moment that you start speaking about it, I know that in this moment, you're like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, you know, I, it, that's the exact thing that you need to do. The thing that you least want to do, which is talk about it and be vocal about it is the thing that is required for healing mm. because if you never talk about it then no one ever sees you and if no one ever sees you then what are you doing you're going to keep going back to pornography because it's a way of you seeking false intimacy wow it's ne never going to fulfill you it's never going to fulfill you you're always going to feel shame and i know how you feel especially with pornography i know how you feel because you're like well you know, it's just this one last time. I'm just going to, you know, go through it. And then you go back again and you go back again. And there comes a moment. And I, I actually pray right now in this moment, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with pornography, I pray that God convicts you so hard mm -hmm. that when you go watch pornography again, that your heart starts to break and you start to, for the first time in your life, you stop being so apathetic to the problem and you stop being so numb because it's just a way to numb. And when you stop numbing, it's going to hurt really bad. Wow. It's, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it because 
I don't want you to like stop and then be like, why does this hurt so bad? Because you're finally to the core of the issue. Wow. And it's going to hurt. And I truly see it as just like anything. If you have a cut, you pour, you know, the medicine, it's going to hurt. Mm. But it's going to feel so much better when you finally actually heal that wound. And I'm telling you now on the other side of it, there's always going to be temptation. There's always going to be that lie of the enemy trying to come back and say, like, yeah, this isn't really worth it, like what you're doing. But you're not just fighting for you. You're fighting for your daughter, for your mm. son for your future children, for your future spouse. Mm. If you're single right now, I want you to hear me on this. I know the enemy tells you that this is gonna be a battle that you're only gonna struggle with right now. When you get married, it's gonna go away. That is a lie mm. because it is a habit that you are forming and it is gonna be something that is gonna be even harder to break. And you're not gonna be able to enjoy what God truly has for you in your marriage because you're gonna be comparing that person to this false, I did this false way of thinking about intimacy. So that would be my encouragement to you. Girl, you be preaching. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I think everything you're saying, like as you were talking, the only verse that kept coming to mind is James 5 and 16. When he said, confess your faults or your sins one to another. And then he said, then you will be healed. It's not until you open your mouth and tell somebody that real healing can begin in your life. So that's, it's so amazing. But one of the things that I, I really kind of want to talk about too, as well, how you have turned basically your story or what people would call your mess into a message. So now influencer on social media, like we fast forward to like 2020 right now, influencer <laughs> in the space of of social media from facebook instagram to even tiktok like listen numbers out this world y'all thousands of people viewing her listening to her as she communicates and tell her story and one of the videos that i kind of want to hit and talk about is the video that kind of went viral where it didn't kind of go over two million views on tiktok you know what i'm saying like tell them about uh how that came about and what was the content that went viral yeah, so it was so funny, actually. I, um, it was in January of this year. I was really praying about ministry and God using me in that way. And it actually, really quickly, just back up, when I went to Transformation Church Conference, um, that was really when I got full healing of that struggle. Um, it was the first time in my life where I had been in a room that I, I tangibly felt the spirit of God yeah. so powerfully. And um, that, that night, I truly believe I left that place knowing that I was healed. I, I just did. And I think that that's a mindset that you have to adapt as well. Like, you know what, like I'm healed, I'm changing. This is who I am. And um, you know, but anyway, so on my plane ride home, I had a journal and I started to write down these, these things like, you know, this is what God's called me to talk about. This is the ministry that God's, put on my heart. These are the people that I serve. And it's so funny because I truly believe God has a sense of humor. When, when I um, imagined myself doing ministry, I never imagined that the, the place that I, I was most embarrassed or ashamed of would be the place that God would use. And if you would have told me this like two or three years ago, Hey, by the way, you're, you're going to go viral and people over 2 million people are going to know that you struggled with addiction to pornography. I would have been like, ha ha, you're funny. <laughs> like you're funny. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. 
Um, and so I actually, it was so crazy. So in January, I was, um, I was actually in the process of getting hired on staff at a church and um, I was working through that, but it was something in me that just, it was like, no, this is not the route. And I don't know why, like that was the safe route to me and mm -hmm. nothing knocking, not knocking, working at a church, but that just wasn't the way that I felt God was going to use me. I felt like God wanted to use me in an unconventional way through social media through to reach people. And to be completely honest with you, that was not my dream. That was not yeah. something that I wanted. I wanted to work at a church. Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of die to myself and say, okay, like this is, I, this is what's comfortable for me. I would love to just go get a salary. This is very comfortable, but I've always been unconventional my whole life, you mm -hmm. know, dropped out of college, started a business, 17 mm -hmm. years old. And I've, I've, I know what it's like to eat eggs and yeah. ramen noodles because you don't got money because you trying to run a business. <laughs> I know that. I know that life. And, and the thing is that that really prepared me for being able to make decisions that are what most people would say risky. I would say that it's just following the lead of the Holy Spirit. And wow. if you're not even a little bit scared about what God is calling you to do, I mean, I don't even know if that's really God because <laughs> sometimes God calls me to do things and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know about that, you know? And so anyways, that was in January. And I remember I just had really bad anxiety and, um, I was supposed to go to this interview and the location that we were supposed to meet at actually got completely permanently closed. It was wow. literally said permanently closed. And I was like, okay, Jesus, like I'm starting to get the memo. This is not where you want me to be. So, you know, I'm driving, um, and it's like raining. It's like a really just yucky day. And, um, I see this license plate and it says TikTok on it. And I'm like, what? Because I was praying, like, you know, I was praying about, you know, what, what platform should I start sharing my story on? You know, should I just keep going on it? Whatever. Anyway, so I sit there and I'm like, that isn't TikTok for like 13 year old boys who have like, you know, just posting these like raunchy dances. Like my little brothers are on this app. Like yeah. I'm not on this app. And so that night, I could not sleep. Like I literally could not sleep. And it was like around 11 o'clock at night. And I'm just like, this TikTok thing really is on my mind. Like, I'm just going to do it. Like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to do it. I don't know how to do it. So I open up the app. I record a 15 second video, like 15 or 18 second video. And I pray. I was praying the whole time. I was like, okay, Lord, how do you want me to put the words? And I was like, I know we'll catch someone's attention. If I put that I struggled with pornography, I mean, you look at me and like, you don't think that you yeah. just, I mean, you like most, most people don't think that. And so, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to put that first. Then I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna talk about that. So I post it. I don't think anything of it. Like I, I, I didn't even even change my username. It still was like user three, four, five, seven, whatever. <laughs> and I wake up and it has like 4,000 views, which is not, I mean, I, that's a lot of views. Cause I was like, I was used to getting like, you know, 400, 500 Instagram mm -hmm. story views or whatever. And then about an hour later, it just goes viral. I'm mm -hmm. talking like, it just starts to grow and grow within three days. It was well over half, half a million. Mm -hmm. Um, it had reached, I think like a million and I had gained like 10,000 followers in like less than 48 hours, wow. which is insane. Now I don't want you to like compare yourself to me because I've been on social media for five years. I've been mm. consistent on my platforms for five years. I've been practicing for five years, sharing my story and things like that. So 
you know, don't, don't like be like, Oh wow. Like she just went back. Okay. But like, I, I used to do live videos and not one person would get on and I would talk like as if there was 50 people. So mm. I've, I've, God had prepared me. And so the numbers didn't really get to my head. Like, yeah, yeah right now we have like 60,000 followers and I'm like, okay, like I'm grateful, yeah. but I'm not like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, 60,000. Like I gotta, mm -hmm. it's not about that. Cause I never did it for that. I never did it for a follower. I never did it for any of that. I just did it out of sheer obedience. Wow. And so now it's crazy that that video went mega viral. Like it has 2000, um, two, two million views. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've reached like a lot of followers, but the biggest impact that it's had on me is, you know, when we do live streams and stuff like that, um, I do like preachings on it and, um, I've had people give their life to Christ. And we had the last live video that we did, we had 20 salvations Wow. and we've had like a lot of salvations. We've had a lot of people, I've had a lot of marriages restored. I've had guys come message me, say, Hey, I battled with pornography my whole marriage. I just told my wife mm. and it's crazy. Like it blows my mind because I, I never thought. And the, the part that blows my mind even more than anything is that eight, almost 80% of my platform is men. Mm. And that was very hard for me because yeah. I wanted to reach women and mm. God was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to use you to show the men the impact that they have when they do these things to women and wow. the pain, all of these things. And it was hard because I would have men come on my live streams and it was very triggering. It was very mm. triggering for me because I was like, you hurt me, you know? Wow. Um, but I, I had to heal through that and God's actually softened my heart. Mm. He's helped me to help a lot of men. And um, my heart's broken for men because I understand now I understand like their exposure to things. I understand why some of them do the things that they do and why they treat women the way that they treat women. Like, and just me being able to be a voice that they listen to and that it's impacting their marriages is impacting the way that they treat other young women. That, that brings me so much joy because that's where healing is, mm. you know? And so now it's crazy. That's led to podcasts. It's led to interviews. It's led to so many things, but I would say this, like, just, I never did it for that. Mm. And the moment that you start doing things for clout and for followers and for all of that, you're at the mercy of these people. And you're like, okay, if they clap, I'm doing good. If they don't clap, I'm not, I don't care if I, and I tell my followers this all the time. I'm like, I'm not here to gain followers. I want people to follow Jesus. Yeah. I don't care if you follow me or not. At the end mm. of the day, I'm just, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And um, it could get to your head very quickly if you've never had that kind of exposure. And so you have to be very careful with praying for that. And to be completely honest with you, I ask the Lord all the time, like, Lord, keep me hidden. Yeah. <laughs> keep, me, keep me hidden and keep me where in the area that you want me to be. I don't That's need cool. millions. I don't need that because I know with more territory comes more problems. Yeah. Our territory comes more opposition and you've got to be prepared for that mm. um and i truly believe that god will take you little by little mm. and he'll prepare you if god would have given me this four years ago yeah. i would have completely squandered it because mm. i didn't have the character i didn't have the the relationship that i needed to have with him and uh, i don't want to like scare anybody but there's a lot of spiritual opposition yeah. that comes when you are changing 
people's lives through the word of God. You will have, the enemy will not be happy. And so those areas that you are preaching about will be the areas that are most tested. Come on. Because I talk a lot about purity. Guess what area of my life is consistently Mm. being attacked? The area of purity. Consistently having men hit me up and and DMs and send me Mm. things and consistently having people and images and things Mm. put in my path. And I have to consistently be in prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to always be removing those things from me. So understand that if you're preaching about healing about in a certain area, guess what? You have to be very aware because you never, what Pastor Mike was talking about this weekend about the whole, like, you know, the cake analogy that he did, like, I don't ever want to be the person that on social media is preaching about healing in a certain area when behind the scenes, I'm not really okay in that area. And that would be considered to me like the ultimate like failure Mm. because I'm not living what I'm preaching and that'll drive you crazy. So I think that it's very important to understand that with platform Everybody wants the platform, but you don't want the responsibility really? and you don't want the spiritual attacks that are going to come. And you have to, you have to be ready for both. I think that's beautiful because of the world that we live in, because this image has been painted. If we have so many followers, then you have achieved. If you have this many people following you, now you have achieved. Um, Darius Daniels preached at Elevation um, this past Sunday. Yeah. He said... Like, that's like by far my favorite communicator. I love him so much. Uh, shout out to Pastor D. Um, but he says something. He said, behind every blessing, there's a backside. Mm-hmm. Like, as you was talking, that's all I could think about. Like, he just said this. Um, if you're watching this uh, many years from now, we're talking about a communicator who preached at Elevation Church. His name is Darius Daniels. Um, and he preached on this subject. Uh, I didn't see that coming. So go find it on YouTube. Amazing message. But in the message, you begin to talk about there's a backside to every blessing that people don't see. So the more followers come, the more pressure come, the more people running their mouths and, you know, what I'm saying uh, either agreeing with you or disagreeing with you. So I really agree with everything that you said, girl, you a preacher. Yes. <laughs> I, but I really do. But I think once again, it's because you're talking from a real place. And mm-hmm. I think what people need in this season where our world is right now, they just need more real people who say, hey, listen, I struggle, I overcome, but then I struggle again, but Jesus is still who he say he is, right? Um, so today, kind of how I want to end uh, this podcast is with you praying, like praying for uh, listeners, praying for uh, people who find themselves um, kind of where you were and who like who just need hope right now in the yeah. middle of all of this either they're chasing clout right now because they're searching mm-hmm. for identity or they struggling with pornography or they're just struggling with who they are in as an individual yeah. um yeah just begin to speak a blessing over them and pray over them if you don't mind no i don't and i did want to say this before i pray um it's very very important now more than ever that you pay attention to what you're watching and what you're listening to mm-hmm. because in a world of so much free information, there's a lot of people who will take advantage of these platforms and speak lies. Mm. And some of them are creatures and things like that. And they're twisting and manipulating the word of God. And so 
You have to be very careful who you follow. You have to be very careful when you're in this place of vulnerability and trying to figure out your identity. Pay attention to the voices that you allow to speak into your life and really ask the Holy Spirit to help you to walk in truth and in light and in wisdom and understanding and to, to lift that veil off of your eyes. Because I truly believe that that's one of the reasons that a lot of people are walking in bondage mm. is because they're so unaware of the voices that they're allowing to speak into their lives. Mm. And those voices are drowning out the voice of God. And so pay attention to what you're giving your attention to mm. um, and really ask the Lord to, to show you so. I did just want to say that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the person under the sound of my voice, Lord. God, I just thank you for this opportunity for them to have been led to this podcast, Father. I pray right now, God, that you show them and that you illuminate to them, God, your word, that you illuminate to them, God, your truth. And also, God, that you just shine a light in their life and in their heart. Um, and in every single area that they're walking in, Father, may you be a lamp to their feet. Lord, I pray right now that you are not limited by location. You're not limited by a screen, by a phone, by wherever they're sitting, whether it be in their car, in their house, wherever they are, God. I pray that the presence of God go before them in all areas of their life. And I pray right now that you surround them, God, that you fill them with the Holy Spirit, that you fill them with knowledge of truth of your word, Father. I pray right now a special blessing over them. I pray that if they're battling with addiction to pornography or any type of addiction, Lord. I pray that you heal them, that you deliver them, that you uproot it, God, mm. all the way from within their heart, all the way from within the pain and the trauma, right from where it started, Father. I pray right now, God, that you supernaturally start to uproot, God, mm. every spirit of rejection and anxiety and abandonment and anything that has tried to come and rob them of their peace and of their joy and of their purpose, God. I pray also, Father, that your glory fall over their lives, Father, that your glory fall over their marriages if they're married, that your glory fall over their children if they have children or if they're single, God. I pray right now for a fresh anointing, that your oil fall over them, that you guide them in the spirit of truth, God. And Lord, I also pray for wisdom and understanding. I pray for hunger of your word, a desire to seek you, a desire to walk in purity. And Father, I also pray that you heal them, God, of all things that try to rob their innocence. I pray for a restoration of innocence. I pray for a restoration of intimacy with the Father. I pray for revealed identity in Christ. I pray that you show them who they are, that you lift up the veil from their eyes and that you show them, God, their power, their anointing, God, their truth and all spirit of shame and guilt and condemnation that has tried to bind them and has tried to keep them quiet. I pray that you break that in the spirit, God, and that you release onto them the ability and the courage to speak up and to rise up and to walk in the power and the anointing that you've given them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. 
Well, family, thank you always for tuning in to Reveal to Heal the Podcast where real conversations bring about healing. I pray you guys were encouraged, but most importantly, I pray that this conversation starts freedom and healing in your life. I love you and know I'm always praying for you. I'm out.